Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everybody and welcome back to the P1 podcast, otherwise known as the Charles Leclerc podcast with Matt and Tommy. Yep, that's right, Tom Bellingham. We are here to bask in the glory of Charles Leclerc being champion of Friday qualifying. Yep. Uh, It's back to the good old days of a Charles Leclerc pole position. Uh, Not been as many as we had last year, but still been a few and i think they've all been in sprint weekends as well so uh quite something i don't know what that says about ferrari that when they spend less time thinking they do well (laughs) yeah less checking more getting poles yes not enough checking time that's good Uh, right before we dive into any more of the chat and basking in the glory i need to share a five-star review with you and if you want yours to be read out on the podcast please do leave it we do read every single one of them uh, and it helps us massively to help us grow this podcast so thank you so much Uh, this one comes in from drum liners in the usa See, Mum, I told you I'd get my review on here one day. Guys, you are my comfort, my comfort, my go-to, my F1 brethren. Keep up the good work and give Frank a big old head scratch for me. Will Knowledge Merchants. Ah, oh, lovely. You better go and, uh, I'm assuming Frank is probably asleep at 11.41 <laughs> in the evening, but uh, I'm sure you'll pass on the regards shortly. I will do, and I'm really enjoying, if for whatever reason you're listening to this podcast uh, uh, for the first time and wondering who is this Frank that Tom is going to <laughs> head scratch? It's not a very dog name, uh, is it, to yeah, be fair? Yeah. Yeah. But there we go. Uh, he is my dog. Good. All right. And if not, I'll just give you a head scratch. It's no problem. <laughs> okay, right. Let's get into Q1 then, shall we? And chat about the five drivers that didn't make it through. Hulkenberg, Alonso, Albon, Stroll and Sargent. And the big talking point, of course, has to be what on earth is going on at Aston Martin. And that comes in from DRS F1 podcast. Yeah, they have really fallen from grace to a point in which I don't think we expected them to both be out in Q1. I think Lance Stroll, you know, we've been memeing about him. We've been joking. He also didn't manage to do any running really in FP1. So we thought that was on the cards. But Fernando Alonso, the man who has not been knocked out in Q1 or Q2 the entire season because he has had a Q3 streak for as long as we can remember, gets knocked out and 17th on the grid. It's shocking, isn't it? The fact that, yeah, Stroll, we kind of expect it now. He's not he's not made it into Q2 uh, since the uh, before the, the summer break. So there goes my first chance at getting my prediction right. <laughs> um, but Alonso uh, being it as well, you kind of know that, the Aston has really uh, kind of gone downhill. Uh, he couldn't carry it any further, uh, keep making it into uh, Q3. And to not even not make it into Q3 to be out in Q1 uh, is a big, uh, big odd shock. Uh, it's insane to think 
just a few months ago. It was after that first test and we're going Alonso 33, uh, 33rd victory. When's it going to happen? And now he's not even making it into Q2, which is wonderful. It just uh, makes you wonder with Aston Martin that, uh, you know, they've had all the uh, people that they've brought over from different teams, but they can't seem to uh, develop the car in the right direction. They came out of the blocks firing, but boy, they're not developing very well at all. That being said, the gaps we saw in Q1 and throughout qualifying really were just incredibly close. There were a couple of tenths separating four, five, six, seven, eight drivers. It was mental. So it's not as if Aston Martin are so far off the back of the field that you're wondering, you know, they got three wheels on the car. It was a tenth or two here or there. I wonder if Fernando Alonso even delivered to the level in which he normally can and does because putting three tenths on stroll i feel like alonso's got a bit more in the tank than that and we've, what we've seen tenths. exactly what we've seen previously is that alonso has been absolutely wiping the floor with stroll especially with the fact as i said that lance didn't have much practice either um but yeah both both aston martin's out and it's going to be a horrendous sunday for them although i'm sure lance stroll will pop into 11th at some point and we'll be like how the hell did he manage uh, to get there uh, the other drivers, Hulkenberg. I mean, oh my God, we were gassing them up so hard. We were on the Twitch watch along. He went fastest and we were like, oh my God, the Haas upgrade. This one massive upgrade that they've hyped up for the whole year. They're bringing it to Austin and we're thinking, oh my God, Nika Hulkenberg's going to get pole. Maybe not. But we thought, wow, okay, they might make Q3 and Hulkenberg's out in Q1. Yeah, putting stars and stripes on, on the livery, uh, we thought, wow. Haas are now going to be the the absolute goats, but I can't believe. Uh, and and this goes back to what you said about Alonso, you know, the and how close it was there. Hulkenberg being fastest in the session in the first kind of runs and stuff, and then not even making it out the session. Uh, that midfield pack is unbelievable. You know, we're here going on about, and it is going to be more than likely the most dominant season we've ever seen in Formula One. Uh, and not uh, not many different winners to say the least. And oh, this team's so far ahead of everyone. But the field is only separated by about a second, uh, and we we've seen it even more extreme here uh, than normal. That you can make a mistake and lose a couple of tenths in one corner, and suddenly you go from about fifth to sixteenth. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it is. It means you have to deliver right there and then. Uh, there were a few drivers that were very close to being knocked out. Danny Rick was one of them. And George Russell, who's just been looked on, looking like on the back foot for most of the weekend, it has to be said. Uh, although, you know, when we talk about Q3, I'm sure he'd be very, very happy with where he ended up. But it looked like he was just constantly struggling and scraping through. Um, but yeah, he was one that I think finished 14th in that session. Uh, so very close for, for him. And then obviously the two Williams. I was surprised to see Albon out in Q1, to be fair. Uh, he, he still put half a second on Sargent. Um, but Williams, you know, they still seem to have this philosophy of some weeks we're great. Some weeks we are absolute trash. It, 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 it doesn't seem to be kind of a, a happy medium for Williams, although I feel like they've added more to their good race list than they had previously, where it was like one or two races a year, where of course Albon has scored sort of mid-20 amount of, I think, like 23, 24 points, something like that this year. Um, but yeah, it was one of those weekends where we went, oh no, Williams are slowest again. What's what's happened here? Yeah, but at least, I guess, uh, they're, they're slowest, but Albon's beat one car, but it, it is nice that Williams, when they have a, 
a bad weekend it's kind of them yeah getting knocked out and feeling like they could do better rather than maybe a few years back when it was just the Williams you know consistently 19th and 20th every single uh, uh weekend um so at least they are in that pack and again it is just that that thing of uh small margins and the rest of the the grid apart from uh red bull this season it has changed like so much all the time it, it's crazy <laughs> i absolutely love that outlook that you just gave for williams i feel like that's what james vowels would do in a sort of team meeting after a, a poor qualifying it's like yeah we might be 18th and 20th but we're in there we're in the pack i know we're at the back but look we've got potential it was just a very nice positive spin on that tommy you know oh thank uh, you and I I'll think they're in it. the bin. So anyway, <laughs> let's go to Q2 now then, shall we? And talk about the drivers that went out in this one. Sonoda, Joe, Bottas, Magnussen and Ricardo. The big talking points, not massive amount, to be honest with you. Daniel Ricardo, of course, I'm sure a lot of us were willing for him to do quite well this weekend, but you keep it three tenths on him. Uh, Danny starting 15th. K-Mag out qualifying Holkenberg, which I don't think any of us had on our uh, on our sort of predictions list uh i don't think we really spoke about has to be fair in our predictions but i'm sure not a lot of people thought k-mag would uh, would outperform hulkenberg uh, and then the two alfa romeos not far off like they're doing okay so 12th and 13th show when you just about out qualifying bottas but i don't think there was a huge amount of of talking points in q2 apart from the fact it was just really close again it was really close uh of course it's, it's, it was a little skewed because Perez didn't do his second run, but Sonoda was only 0.01 off uh, knocking Perez out, but uh, Perez didn't do that that second run, so it didn't uh, matter too much in the end, but Yuki slotting into his uh, love his favourite uh, P11, uh, which just feels like it's happening all the time in 2023, uh, and Ricardo, yeah, coming back, Fair bit slower than Sonoda, but not not a million miles off. But I will be um, doing everything to claim it as biggest flop when we get to Sunday if it carries on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. All right. You've 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 told me your strategy already, so that's good. I think at this point as well, you know, we, we we're finishing up Q two and we're thinking there's a proper fight for pole going on. But I feel like there was a sense of inevitability once again when it comes to Max Verstappen where you're just like, oh, maybe he's not hooked up a lap too well, but he was sort of just about topping the timesheets. I think we all, I mean, I don't think either of us thought Charles Leclerc was going to be the driver that would potentially knock him off top spot. I know he was there or thereabouts, but I don't know. It, it seemed like, a Ham- it seemed like a, if anyone's going to do it, it's Hamilton. The whole yeah. year, maybe that I've just, you know, just been like, don't, don't think about it, Matt, and you won't get hurt. But it did feel like it was Hamilton's one to, to take, didn't it? Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Um we were kind of like, oh, can Hamilton, maybe Norris? And then uh, kind of, yeah, Charles Leclerc. It's quite quite insane to think that he was, and it's a tiny margin, but uh, in modern Formula One um, with how close the, the field is, uh, particularly when you see that, that Norris and Hamilton are only nine thousandths of a second apart, but uh, Charles Leclerc was, you know, over a tenth clear of both of them. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy crazy session and kept us guessing all the way through and i think one of those factors as well was the fact that a lot of people were using uh used tires and then new tires so you couldn't really um get an idea of quite who the the pace were because sometimes you're like oh god i hope hope they're on uh, an old set or 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 whatever because yeah it kept changing all the time 
It certainly did. Uh, and I think as well, probably the reason I thought Charles Leclerc wasn't going to be in the mix, because especially in Q1, Carlos actually looked the quicker driver, putting a couple of tents uh, on Charles, but then he took that back in, in Q2. And yeah, it was chopping and changing. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Let's talk about Q3 then, shall we? And, well, let me just read out the order. I know I don't usually, but I feel like I need to. Charles Leclerc on pole position. I had Orlando Norris, Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz, George Russell, Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Sergio Perez, and Oscar Piastri. First question comes in from Seaman, Seaman, Orhan, five. If we had 23 sprint weekends, Charles would surely be champion, right? <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, uh, <sighs> You'd get a lot it's, of polls. It is so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I cannot put my finger on. I know we joke about, oh, Ferrari have less time to think. But I genuinely think that maybe Ferrari just come out the blocks a bit quicker, just in general, in the sense of maybe the setting up of their car or whatever. You know, they, they accept that they have horrendous tyre wear and they're just quick. That, that's all they really have with their package. Whereas maybe some other teams take a little bit more time to dial in. It, it, it doesn't make much sense for me personally, but I'm happy for it to be 23 sprint weekends if it means Charles Leclerc world champion. And I also said as well, I don't really like his green helmet this weekend. I say I don't really like it. I almost despise it. <laughs> but if it means he wins on Sunday, I will gladly look at that helmet for the rest of time. You'll quite happily uh, watch him look like a little uh, a pea inside his Ferrari. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the fact that... You have that... to have your veg... You five a day and all that, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, with with Charles, it is bizarre, really, that that it is sprint weekends all the time. He's darted. We we know that he's amazing in in quality trim, uh, and maybe it is a case that not only do Ferrari kind of nail it, but yeah, like maybe others don't have their their all that time to tweak to get the perfect setup, and then what we've said with practice and why the biggest argument about having less practice is always the fact that it's a bit more unpredictable and it's not not a case of you know if we had three practice sessions for example maybe every team finds exactly where the limit of their car is and we see like Verstappen on pole then it's maybe like two McLarens two Mercedes two Ferraris whereas that grid is absolutely uh wild but back to Ferrari, yeah, it's it's amazing what they're managing to achieve, particularly in Charles Leclerc's hands, uh, in those sprint weekends. Um, it's it's quite in- incredible, really, and I think as well they're quite different circuits. It's not it's not like they're all the same track. So you go, oh, it's track dependent. It's just the sprints have been on a few different tracks this year. Like Spa is very different to Austria, or different to. Um, Baku and things like that so it's a, a big old mix and Ferrari just go yeah sign me up more sprints please it's a weird old feeling as well being a Charles Leclerc resident fan on this podcast where if he doesn't get sprint pole tomorrow I'm gonna be like 
I would trade a sprint pole for a real pole because I don't have any hope at all that he's going to win on Sunday. But I think that Ferrari could win a sprint. Just so hang like, on to the sprint. Yeah, yeah. literally, because, you know, you, you have a different, you know, it's just a one stint of tyres. And, and I don't know, it's a weird feeling. We'll see what tomorrow brings. But um, I, I just feel like the McLarens, the Mercedes, and obviously Max Verstappen as well are going to be quicker in race trim. It just has been that way for quite, apart from obviously Singapore, uh, it's been that way for for quite a lot of the season. And also, yeah, normally with, uh, we'll see if this is the case, but uh, normally with the, the sprints, we always complain that it is like a a spoiler to this qualifying. We'll kind of, we'll get it again uh, tomorrow and it'd be much of the same order. But I think it's so close that it's not completely out the question that Charles Leclerc could be like sixth and Max first and those two have completely swapped around. Like the top six, really, I think, between Leclerc, Norris, Hamilton, Sainz, Russell, maybe, he's not looked particularly great, uh, but Verstappen, I think that order could change quite a bit uh, and we might get a completely different order uh, in the in the sprints and it's all different teams as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting one tomorrow as well yeah, it was a rare occurrence to see in q3 five teams two by two by two by two by two uh, usually you have like a, a rogue Haas or an aston martin in there as well but um there were five teams and as you say i think it can change completely just because of how close qualifying was and you know we've been speaking about charles leclerc and pole but that didn't happen unless max verstappen gets his lap time deleted, which he did. He did take provisional pole by five thousandths of a second. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Of course, he's on the right side of breaking my heart. And uh, then it got deleted. And unfortunately for him, his 35-0, that banker, as you can call it, was just that. It was right in the mid-pack, P6 for tomorrow. You still think he's probably the favourite, but you also wonder with the fact it is a sprint weekend, less running, they don't really have a huge amount of data to go on with the long run pace. It's not an absolute foregone conclusion, just purely because, as we've as we've mentioned, they haven't been able to dial in the car potentially as well as they might have. So we don't know what Sunday might bring. Yeah, I think this is one of those races, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Verstappen has no chance of winning uh on Sunday because that's absolutely not the case it's not a Singapore situation where when he was down the order we we were saying the card doesn't look very good uh, of of course you know his uh his wheel being a few centimeters <laughs> inside the line he's starting on pole position and we're like oh well that's it actually I would argue that he lost five thousandths of a second by doing uh, sorry gained five thousandths <laughs> of a second doing that so Charlotte Claude doing a pole thank you very much cheers <laughs> <laughs> of course but um <laughs> This is the thing, like now, the way we're at in the season, and I think we've seen this particularly with uh, McLaren and Mercedes to an extent as well, where we've kind of said that, you know, McLaren, is, if they get ahead and Mercedes, they they can't match them in qualifying, but a lot of the time their race pace isn't actually too bad and they do, they do all right. So it's going to be fascinating to see those cars finish ahead of Verstappen you know Verstappen has to get past Russell we know Russell uh will not be afraid to race Max hard uh at the start particularly if Hamilton's got a chance of winning as well um Sainz uh has to get through Sainz um you know then even if uh 
Hamilton takes a while. Uh, you know, Norris has got a, a fantastic chance uh, in P2, and we'll wait to see what uh, happens with, with the tyre wear. But I don't think it's a slam dunk, the Stappen win, like maybe we've normally seen in that situation where we go, oh, well, it had been on pole easily and win. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch him come through the field and I think it will be how quickly he gets through that pack and and a lot of it on on strategy as well because there's a lot of quick quick cars uh, at the front uh, and that is also a very interesting dynamic to see how they approach it because there's a big opportunity for a lot of guys at the front to to get a win here certainly is uh, one driver that perhaps isn't in the hunt for that, and I believe we should talk about it since we're on the topic of Red Bull, is Sergio Perez, who on the run-up to this weekend, it was well-documented, well-press-released around Perez being in the simulator three days in, in a row to figure out what's going wrong, and Christian Horner saying, oh, yeah, he's been working really hard, blah, 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 blah. P9 uh, in Q3, and this right here what I'm looking at, the timesheets, is the categorical proof for me that Red Bull are starting to think, do we make a change sooner rather than later? Because as soon as we have a close qualifying session and Max maybe doesn't perform all the time, they're sixth and ninth for, for Sunday's race. Yeah, they've That's, made... Yeah, exactly. He's made one it, it, mistake. It's not good Max. enough, is it? It's, he's made one mistake and Max can't be... Si- you can't rely on Max to be bulletproof the entire rest of his career. Yeah. And sometimes when Max has a moment like this, like Perez hasn't beaten Max's first time in Q3, <laughs> mad, let, alone, let alone his second. He's starting ninth. He's been beaten by both Alpines and obviously the rest, the rest of the field above from that as well. That's, I don't know, it's just for me, if the, if the field closed the gap, this is what Red Bull will see week in, week out. I mean, they're seeing it anyway now, and Red Bull will have a dominant car. So they're going to be thinking a lot of things, in my opinion, around that driver lineup. And it's kind of further solidifying what I've been saying previously around it's not good enough as a driver pairing right now. They aren't seen as the strongest driver pairing, despite having Max Verstappen in the team, having broken <laughs> the win record. Yeah, it's pretty shocking that he's got through to to Q3 which is insane to think that that's like a an achievement in a car that's dominated the, the world championship uh, but it almost feels like a victory like a, a victory for for Perez to be like oh he's actually made it through uh, and then to still qualify ninth behind two alpines that you know the straight line speed of the alpine is extremely poor and that it's not particularly a uh, great car but i mean they're going to be buzzing with seventh and eighth, to be fair. Um, but yeah, shocking, uh, shocking from Perez. Question from P1 Patreon member Brekaruru: Does Lando have a good chance at winning on Sunday? It's Lando Norris starting on the front row of the grid, and I would argue probably has one of, if not the best chances of winning that he's had in, in quite some time. If that McLaren genuinely has the race pace that we know it has had in previous races gone by then game on uh, i also would say hamilton has a probable probably equal chance there was a uh, comment that the interviewer uh, said to said to lando after qualifying around 
I think it's the second place basically passes first into turn one more often than not. Uh, and will he be going for it? And this, that, and the other, of course, you know, Lando's like, well, every start's different, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's fascinating to know that. And and it is quite open for a dive bomb into turn one. Uh, so if Lando does lead, which I think he will have an urgency to get past the Ferrari, just purely from the fact that we know that the Ferrari probably isn't going to be great 10, 15 laps into a stint. Yeah, Lando's going to be desperate to get past Leclerc because he really needs to essentially like make the most of Verstappen uh, being down in six and having to get through the pack. Um, we know uh, Red Bull have a strength, well, Max Verstappen's Red Bull at least, uh, with that with that tyre wear and it's not too much of a problem. They've obviously got a mega DRS as well, so they can, a lot of the time we see Verstappen like breeze past other cars when he, when he gets DRS. So Norris needs to really make the most of uh, most of that and he needs to kind of pull uh pull a gap and then <laughs> hold on for dear life i guess um but I, it's it's strange because i don't want to i don't want to like write off leclerc um because it's hard not to because of the tie wear thing uh, i hope he can be in the fight but i do feel like particularly norris and hamilton will both be desperate to be ahead of one or the other because i think it's going to be crucial if they want to have a chance of winning uh whoever is going to lead uh from those two and then hoping that they don't get held up by leclerc i uh i am kind of writing him off just purely to save my own emotions uh if i'm being completely honest with you you know just no, charles got no chance lovely poll thanks so much we'll add to the poll to win <laughs> negative God. ratio there um but what i have sort of taken from this is that the two teammates, Carlos Sainz and George Russell have quite the role, I would say in this race. And that is defending like lions uh, to the lion that is behind of Max Verstappen, because if they can keep him behind, especially at the start, slow his progress as much as possible, then they are in turn helping their teammate potentially win the race. Uh, there, there is, there is a big um, factor in, in that. If Max Verstappen is fourth come term one, then I think we can all just say thanks so much and we'll see you uh, next week. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see. I genuinely cannot wait to see. And I can't believe it's not tomorrow. Why is it not Saturday right now? It feels like it's Saturday, but it's not. It's Friday. Although technically it has actually turned to Saturday now because it's five past midnight recording this. Lovely stuff. Next question, Librarian Bert. Three non-Red Bull teams in the top three qualifying positions with Max in sixth. Most exciting setup for a race this year? I'd say it's up there. I think when Max Verstappen has started lower, we've been maybe even more excited. Singapore being one of them, uh, where we've been very, very excited to see how that one unfolds. And also we knew that the characteristics of the track would not allow Max to come flying through. But I'm buzzing for this. I cannot wait. Austin's an amazing track. I highly rate it. I, th I think it is slightly underrated when people talk about their most favorite tracks and this, that and the other. They, I mean, the track is literally taking pieces out of best tracks around the Formula One calendar and gone plonk. There you go. Make yeah, of that what it's you the will. Best of album, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's, and I think it's great. So I, I cannot wait for Sunday, and hopefully we've got a good sprint tomorrow. Because if, as you say again, if Max doesn't get pole for the sprint, we could get a very fascinating and exciting one for that as well. I really hope that the sprint, yeah, doesn't pose that spoiler. So say say maybe like in... unless Ferrari, you know, unless Ferrari are quick, and I'm happy for that to spoil the rest of my life. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, true. But uh, 
it's it's the fact that the intrigue of how quickly can Max get through the field um, is going to be uh, fascinating. I do think, yeah, it's a, an amazing setup. I'm trying to manage my expectations because uh, sometimes the, the hypiest races are the ones that end up under-delivering. Um, but, my God, like, you couldn't really ask for much much more of a perfect grid, really. So, um, yeah, it's no, definitely Max just happened twentieth. Might have, <laughs> might have might have made it a bit more exciting to see where he could get, but How it's it's close enough. It's reserved for one man only. <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, final point, and I don't want to leave it on a negative, but it's the final thing we need to talk about, and it was my biggest flop prediction, and that is Oscar Piastri. He's taking it bad, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. I'm sorry, Oscar, if you do listen to the P1 podcast. I didn't mean to put the curse on you, but it's vibes, and I felt something in the water, and I really need to try and channel whatever this biggest flop sense that I have into perhaps sort of like lottery numbers or something, because this isn't doing me much good. It's just hurting people, if anything, this biggest flop curse. I need to turn it into a positive. But right now, I'm sorry, Oscar, that's all I'm going to say. He has time to turn it around. He does, but yeah, it's it's quite a, a shocking gap, really. Um, six yeah, tenths. I mean, we yeah. don't tend to see six tenths between Lando and Oscar. And if anything, Oscar's had a, quite a good qualifying run of form recently. So yeah, really I am has. very surprised. Yeah, you do wonder if um, he's kind of been on the back foot since that moment in FP1 uh, with a change of overalls probably after that huge sketchy moment where he went over a a sausage curb and just about kept it. Uh, I don't know how he wall. saved that. Yeah, no it, was, idea. it was incredible. Um, but yeah, he's not he's not looking on it uh, to say the least. And yeah, um, I'm sure Lando would have been hoping that uh, Oscar was a bit quicker, so there could have been another driver between him and uh, Max Verstappen. But alas, uh, not. But like you say, he's got he's got the rest of the weekend to. Um, Turn it around, so let's see what happens. I can't can't wait <laughs> already for the race. It's weird to think that there's uh, two sessions tomorrow to, to look forward to, but I'm just so hyped for this race now. And what a beautiful segue, Tom Bellingham, because we will be live on Twitch. Matt P1, Tommy, if you haven't followed us already, uh, for all of those sessions. Uh, so make sure you tune, us, tune in for that. My brain is starting to slow down at 10 past midnight. Words are difficult. Uh, Tommy, what are your final thoughts? Sold myself there because that that was pretty yeah. much a final thought, wasn't it? It was proper roundup. Yeah, um, you've baited yourself. My final thoughts are that. Um, Good God! Anything? Anything? No, literally I've said anything, everything. Um, you could just literally say you love Yuki Sonoda in P eleven. Like, come on, just anything. Like, just let's let's whir away right now. Uh, shout out to. Joe Guanyu, I think he did 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 well after a, a difficult run of form. Oh wow! Just that was just so, literally My, just someone just yeah. Uh, you literally just looked at a name and went about yeah. Right, I was like, yeah, lovely. Fair. My final thoughts are: I apologise for the clip uh, of Charles Leclerc getting pole. Lots of weird noises coming out, but that's because it was late and I couldn't really shout. So instead, I sort of did moans. So I just want to apologise. Um, for the 18 plus Peggy warning that might might be coming your way. Yeah, everyone that listens to it on their phone and yeah, hears that that those kind of noises uh, as they're like 
parents walk in or whatever are probably like what are uh, you watching very sus very sus p1 um, when my so parents yeah. walk in the room <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy that and we'll see you very soon tomorrow for a sprint day and then sunday for an amazing race see you very soon bye, bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.